Today on Making the Brand News, Creed 3 hits the box office. We'll talk about Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut and how this film was marketed. Also, Chris Rock and Netflix made history with their first live broadcast, and he of course addressed the infamous Will Smith slap. And later that night, we saw Kelsey Ballerini and her breakout moment on Saturday Night Live. Let's get into it. Wow, we have so much to uncover today just from the weekend's events. And the big theme that I think is tying together all of our topics today is the importance of timing. We talk a lot about pop culture moments and how to incorporate trends and topical headlines and into your marketing efforts. And it really does come down to timing. And you'll see with the things that we're planning to talk about today, everything is so calculated and they all take advantage of the momentum of what people are talking about, why things make sense. So a lot of times with strategy, it's not always what you're doing, it's when, because you want to think about the right time to get the most out of it. Thinking about, you know, in the same vein, for example, Spotify's yearly wrapped campaign where they give you their amazing roundup of all your music listening insights. They, of course, do that at the end of the year because that is the best time when everyone is reflecting, when we're thinking about a new year and heading into something new. It's not something that would be as effective if they launch that in May, for instance. There's a book that talks about the science of why things go viral and why certain things get talked about. It's called Contagious, Why Things Catch On by Jonah Berger. Highly recommend it, but he mentions a concept that he calls triggers, which means if something is top of mind, it's also tip of tongue. So at the end of the year, it's very top of mind to reflect and to think back and to reset. And that's why something like Spotify Wrapped works at that time of year. So highly recommend that book, but let's get into more topical things that happened this past weekend. Let's start with Creed 3, which Again, just the little things. This came out on 3-3-23. It was Creed 3. It was directed by Michael B. Jordan. And I am a big fan of the Rocky series. My brother is a mega fan and just kind of growing up in that household, I kind of got into all of them a little bit and would just watch them by association. And the Creed series have really surprised me. I admittedly did not see the second one. I did see the first one in theaters. So I kind of got the Cliff's notes for the second one, but the third one, it just interested me from beginning to end. And I'm not even someone that is super into boxing, but the storyline, I was like, okay, suppose Michael B. Jordan isn't boxing in this one. He kind of hung it up in the last one. So what's going to happen? And they really found a way to continue this story. But I also noticed that on Twitter, people could not stop talking about how this film was marketed. Shout out to at ggmoney17. She said, I want to read the Creed 3 marketing campaign recap. Can someone in corporate please send it to me? 
And everyone was just echoing about how this was a 360 marketing campaign. It had social, it had digital, it had out of home, it had experiences, it had really awesome uh, brand collaborations. We noticed throughout the film that Hennessy was a clear partner and there were a lot of uh, Hennessy branding moments throughout the film. We saw red carpet moments, and this wasn't even planned, but you may have seen a viral clip where Michael B. Jordan is being interviewed on the red carpet by one of his former classmates that apparently bullied him, and he kind of calls her out on it, and it gets a little bit awkward, but then that clip ended up circulating, and this just had every different type of extension that you could ever want. Also. Michael B. Jordan stars in it, of course, but we also had Jonathan Majors, who is on fire right now. So they did enough to actually get people to want to leave their homes and go to the movies. Also, shout out to Chris Filk, who has a blog post on cinematicslant.com that really did an awesome overview about all of this and all of the marketing efforts. He pointed out something really interesting, a great experience extension to this marketing campaign. He said that Creed sent out food trucks to a handful of HBCUs, that's historically black colleges and universities, to give away food and offer a first look at the trailer along with other surprises. I didn't really see much about this until I read it, but I'm sure there was a ton of user-generated content circulating from that a great way to generate buzz on college campuses. And I just, I love the creativity here. I'm going to link to his blog post in this description if you want to read about it. Chris really does a deep dive on how things were released, how this marketing campaign was teased. And again, if you haven't seen it yet, highly recommend it. I loved it. So, That was Friday night. I was found at the movies. But then we shift to Saturday night, which I was really looking forward to. A lot of live events happening on Saturday night. Chris Rock did Netflix's first live event with his comedy special. And I got to tell you, I miss appointment television. We've gotten so used to Netflix and other streaming companies dropping all of the episodes at one time so you can binge. But even in this digital world, there is something about appointment television and everyone watching something at the same time. This was nine o'clock on Saturday night. We all were in front of our TVs and you can see live reactions unfold. You could react together with other people on Twitter and online. And everyone's having the same experience at the same time. And I've got to tell you, that's something I miss. And that's something that we do see during live events like award shows and sports. Um, But we hadn't really seen it too recently, at least in my recent memory, with something like comedy. Again, let's talk about timing here. Because Chris Rock, man, there is a method to his madness Of course, we had been waiting to hear from him and hear more about his his thoughts and his experience from the infamous Will Smith slap from the Oscars the year before. And Chris Rock just, this was so perfect. He 
decided not to really speak out on it for a full year and took advantage of this huge opportunity to get a big fat check from Netflix to put his comedy front and center again. And also not to mention the Oscars are this coming weekend. So even the Oscars are top of mind. As Jonah Berger would say, they are a trigger right now. Everyone's starting to talk about them. And there was just so much conversation about this between all of these factors, the live first live event, the first time we're hearing from Chris Rock, the Oscars being around the corner, the controversy of the slap heard around the world. This was an incredible moment. And I've got to say, he really went in. He did not hold back. He did save about the last 10 minutes of his his special to talk about Will Smith. And even that timing is so smart because we knew we were waiting for him to touch on this. And he made you listen through his entire, you know, hour, hour and a half. I think it was about an hour and a half um, special. And that was so smart because you got to hear his other jokes. You got to really have more of an experience instead of skipping to the part that you thought you wanted to hear. And now what's happening is there is an additional wave of press about this, about Chris Rock's reaction, about his comedy special. It's going to entice even more people to watch, people who couldn't tune in and watch it live. So, man, I got to say, good for him (laughs) being very calculated about this and strategic. So while most people are reacting to Chris Rock's comments about the Will Smith incident, I also want to talk how he came for Lululemon. Let's talk about brands. I don't want to spoil the joke, but it was really about how even brands are these days saying what they stand for and what they don't stand for. And Lululemon, in their window, they pride themselves on standing against racism, sexism, discrimination, um, and hate of all kinds. And Chris Rock kind of pokes fun at this saying, you know, I just want my yoga pants. You sell $100 (laughs) yoga pants. I don't want to, again, spoil the punchline, but it really just talks about the state of our our country and brand purpose and, and brand ethos and how brands have been reacting. And if you ask Chris Rock, I think he thinks it's gone a little too far. He does say that brands are full of shit these days. We're all just talking about causes. And that's something that we preach a lot is that brands should have a purpose and stand for something. But is it becoming just so crowded and everyone saying it that it's just it's no longer powerful? I don't know. Something to think about. So there's something in it for everyone in this special. Definitely load up your Netflix and give it a watch if you haven't yet. So I was a huge couch potato on Saturday night because right after Chris Rock, I turned on Saturday Night Live to see Travis Kelsey host SNL and Kelsey Ballerini was the musical guest. And you're probably tired of hearing me talk about Kelsey Ballerini and her divorce album that came out on Valentine's Day. Another genius element of timing and just making sure the stars align for a perfect campaign. And also Travis Kelsey, he just won the Super Bowl. So of course, SNL 
wanted to build on that momentum and having him in the spotlight. But there is a lot going on with Kelsey Ballerini. She released that divorce album. She did SNL. She's also dating Chase Stokes, who is the star of Outer Banks season three, which just came out last week, a week or two ago. So between the two of them, her new album, his new season of Outer Banks, SNL calling her up, Chase is on a whole press tour talking about Outer Banks. They just confirmed their relationship, so that is in the press. I just, I know, some people may kind of roll their eyes at it that this, I don't know, maybe they're using it to their advantage too much, but I love it. Do what you've got to do. Do what will get people talking. It's all related to their projects and things that they're working on, and it's getting everyone talking. So much so that Outer Banks season four has already been confirmed. I think maybe like the day before season three even came out. It's just such a hit. It's especially popular with the Gen Z demographic. Um, and between Chase Stokes and Kelsey Ballerini, I see a shift happening in their careers. I feel like this is their big breakout moment. Kelsey's performances on SNL were incredible. She really showed off her vocals, which I feel like she hadn't gotten a lot of respect for. And even her writing. I mean, her writing was center stage as well. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of these two. We have a new power couple on the scene, and I am absolutely here for it. Also, one more thing related to timing. I want to talk about Jenny's Ice Creams and their collaboration with Ted Lasso. Season three comes out on March 15th, and coincidentally, or not so coincidentally, I should say, very strategically, Jenny's Ice Cream has a brand new co-branded flavor called Biscuits with the Boss. It is only being sold in their brick-and-mortar locations. You cannot find it at your local Whole Foods or your Publix where they traditionally sell Jenny's ice creams. You can only find it in their brick and mortar locations and online. And I've got to tell you, I ended up caving and ordered some online. And there's a five pint minimum. So I don't even want to tell you what my total was. It did kind of hurt to order five pints, but I have some family coming in town um, in a few days and they're big Ted Lasso fans. So we'll each, we'll each get a pint. It'll be fine. But I just loved this co-branding effort, and I decided to ask my audience on Twitter, what is strategic about this? What makes this work? And they had some really smart thoughts to share. My friend Kashan said, the show's reaction to the biscuits really gave them a life of their own on the outside. It's the coolest emotional attachment I've seen to fictional food. And that's so true. I can't really think of any other fictional food examples that really has, dare I say, a cult following like this. So they're really pulling that off, this whole biscuits with the boss thing, even giving it that specific name. I now wonder if the writers of Ted Lasso foresaw a partnership like this and calling it biscuits with the boss. Emma Stevens says, even if you don't know Jenny's, odds are you know ice cream, and the sweet playfulness perfectly aligns with what you expect from Ted Lasso. Maria Marchuka says, ice cream and your favorite show is a feel-good combo people can't pass up. 
They both have booming fan bases, and this is the perfect way to blend the best of both worlds. I absolutely love that. And Erica Evans says, everyone loves ice cream. This benefits both parties by creating exposure surrounding the ice cream and the show. I love the simplicity of CK's tweet here. She says, both are brands that lean into the joys in life. Molly Callahan says, it's a great partnership for Jenny's. Ted Lasso is widely adored, and with season three about to come out, it's going to dominate cultural conversation again for a bit. Smart move for both. I have to agree, and what I think we'll also continue to see is a lot of user-generated content surrounding this. If you want to read more about this collab, I will drop the link to this conversation in the description. There are just a ton of great points about why this partnership is just so sweet, no pun intended. And lastly, let's talk about kindness in the headlines. Very recently, we saw that Dave Grohl, lead singer of the Foo Fighters, went viral for helping out the homeless in Los Angeles. I know they've had some pretty serious storms out there, and someone took a picture of Dave Grohl helping the homeless where he barbecued for 24 hours straight and fed, I believe, 500 to 600 homeless people and foot the bill. And it was just a beautiful act of service. I know a lot of times we see celebrities dig into their pockets, which of course is noble, but to see someone so hands-on, someone with such star power to go out of his way to give back like this and also to not expect anything in return. It's not like he called the press or sent out a release about him doing this. The word just got out and it was just really beautiful to see. As Jonathan Jacobs says, so much about this was awesome, but what's key here is he just showed up and tried to help. This wasn't a press stunt or financial contribution. He directly performed mutual aid himself. That's big. Gail Amurayo says, it was genuine, and if you've ever read his book, he's known to love cooking barbecue and sharing it with people, and it's how he thought he could genuinely best help without any press, media, etc. I didn't know that about him, so even just the cuisine that he cooked, very on brand. Um, Aaron Resnick says, the fact that Dave himself didn't boast about doing so makes it more organic and real. A lot of celeb and influencer acts of service can feel very stunt-like, so it's nice to see someone being genuine in their kindness. Lots of great conversation. I've got to say, this just makes people love Dave Grohl even more. And another act of kindness, just a sweet interaction. You may know Chance the Rapper. He was recently on a flight with his young daughter, and as he was boarding the plane, he realized that he and his daughter were not seated next to each other. And he was thinking about this. He's like, Ugh, should I intervene and see if someone would so kindly switch seats with me? And before he even had to ask, the one and only Martin Short voluntarily said, hey, she can have my seat. And Chance the Rapper kind of whispered, and he's like, are you Martin Short? And he kind of slowly nodded. According to Chance, Martin Short didn't know who he was. This was just a small moment out of the kindness of his heart to give up his seat for his daughter so they could sit together. And Chance has been talking about it in the press and showing some love to Martin Short, but also with very strategic timing because Chance the Rapper is 
going to be a new judge on The Voice. The season premieres tonight. It is Blake Shelton's last season, Chance's first time as a judge, so it should be great to see. And I'll end today's episode with some words of wisdom that Chance the Rapper had received from someone he'd worked with named Nico Seagal. He said, you never want to be a better musician than you are a person. So here's to all of us just paying it forward, paying kindness forward, and being good people. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Lots more to come. I will see you next time. Bye.